Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back to our virtual worship gatherings with Awaken Church. We're happy that you're choosing to still hang out with us in the midst of COVID and everything else going on. Uh, this week, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce David Bailey. David and I have known each other for quite some time now, hanging out oh, wow. through Virginia Baptist and church planning, miss, uh, missional uh, communities that we've been hanging out in over the years. And so, David, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell people what you're doing both locally and nationally these days. Yeah, so, um, well, one, Philip, it's just good to uh, catch up again and uh, to be able to talk, and thanks for the invitation. Really glad to be part of your uh, community right now. Um, so <clears throat> I lead an organization called Arabon. I'm a founder, CEO of Arabon, and uh, Arabon, it's a Greek word that means a foretaste uh, of things to come. The way it's used in the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit is given to the church as a foretaste of the kingdom of God is to come. Well, the world doesn't get the Holy Spirit. What the world gets is the church. And so we are to be a foretaste of the kingdom of God that's to come. So that's a lot of work that uh, we do. We, we actually, uh, there's many ways you can be a foretaste of the kingdom of God. But the way that we do it at Arabon is God's given us a grace, particularly to help communities become reconciling communities, um, particularly in areas of race, class, and culture. Uh, that's our area of focus. And so... A lot of people want to do something in areas of race, class, and culture, but don't really know how to. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of loud voices, either voices that say, hey, there's nothing really wrong. It's only like a media uh, type of thing. Or it's another voice that says, like, everything is wrong and all needs to burn down. And, um, and so what we try to do is say, like, like neither vo- loud voices oftentimes are kingdom-oriented voices. And so we try to be informed, kingdom-oriented voices that offers cultural intelligence and, and best practice and orientation towards being a reconciling community. So that's, that's the work that we do um, and part of. And there's a, a, a band called Urban Oxology that's a part of what we do. We do, like, a lot of faith formation work in that area. And so that's, that's been... Um, kind of the work I've been doing for the last 12 years. So, yeah. yeah. I, and, you know, you bring a unique voice as an artist and a creative mind. That's really kind of how you and I first formed our relationship back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, and so I, it's really awesome to see how God shifted that um, into being much larger than just using instruments or vocals, but finding ways of influencing culture race some of the things that you're speaking to so yeah man i'm glad that you were able to hang out with us i'll go ahead and ask you the first question it seems blatantly obvious given what you just talked about but help me and our community and those who are watching this um, embrace the challenge of why we should care about um, reconciliation pertaining to some of the racial divides in our world right now yeah man well you know i think it's one of the things that's really important when you're a christian um, you know, it depends on what kind of way you read your Bible. Um, there's some Christians that read their Bible that the world is broken, but that starts from Genesis three. Genesis one starts at the world as a whole, and then the world was broken. So part of the good news is that, um, yeah, like when God 
was hovering over the earth and God brought God's kingdom uh, to the earth, it was whole. It was good. It was beautiful. It was unity and diversity. It was uh, uh, plenty uh, for everybody's uh, need and desires. And then the world was broken. And so for the Christian, our question isn't like, is the world broken? The question is how and what are the details and how was Christ inviting us to rec- like reconcile all things, you know, partner in the reconciliation of all things. So I think for every Christian, it's important to think about these things and to know about these things. I mean, it's a very uniquely Christian, like we're, we're given the assignment to partner with Christ in the reconciling of all things. And so there's not a false juxtaposition between um, our relationship with God and our, our relationship with our neighbor. Like those two things are really key. And, you know, if we were going to be and um, do a church or do ministry in China, uh, or we're going to do a ministry in India, or we're going to do a ministry in Nigeria, um, we wouldn't see communism as like a, a a small little issue. We wouldn't see the caste system as like a, a little issue. We wouldn't see uh, tribalism as a little issue. We would realize that that's integrated in every part of that society. And so for America, race is that thing that has been integrated in every part of our society. And so for us to be effective and engaging in that way, um, to be effective missional people, we really need to understand issues of race, class, and culture. Yeah, that's so important to have that. I think you said that perspective and that context. Uh, You brought up our neighbor, and I think that's a great segue to the next question. We've talked a lot about from the very beginning of the series that we're in, Love Over Fear, about how we break down these walls um, that we so often, and I would say in many ways, subconsciously have created this us versus them mentality. We run in our own lanes. We run, we hang out with people in our own tribe. But over time, this creates dissension and causes us to have this us versus them mentality. And it's, I think, more obvious now than ever. So uh, how can the church really speak and step out of that mindset of an us versus them to love your neighbor well, to have these open conversations, even if we disagree on some of the practical steps of how we get there, how do we make that kingdom conversation and tear down those us versus them walls? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's really important is that we got to, in order to like understand and love the other, uh, we got to realize that God is one of the other, that we were the other, uh, and before, uh, while we were yet sinners, like Jesus died for us, right? So I just think the model that we have as uh, Christians, if we're trying to actually be uh, um, biblical Christians, uh, um, the model that Jesus has done for us, I mean, just canceling people because we don't agree with them is not an option. And there's a liberal cancer culture and there's a the progressive cancer culture and there's like a conservative cancer culture. You know, words like white evangelical or uh, cultural Marxist or, you know, not woke. I mean, you know, all of these are racist. Like, these are all terms that can, like, lead towards cancel culture. And as Christians, we always have to engage with the possibility of redemption. Hmm. Like, to realize that, like, people, like, like, like the Holy Spirit could be at work in somebody's lives and can actually be in, the work, like, like, the work of redemption. Now... I understand like like some of these things like people's like um, engagement with power can be an addictive type of agency in people's lives. Some people actually are like addicts in these areas. And so sometimes you got to treat people as people that uh, um, have a, like have an addiction to power to to some of these like unhealthy patterns. Um, but 
you know, you want to use wisdom when you deal with people that have an addiction, but at minimum, you got to always deal with people with the, if, if the power guy could change David Bailey, then the power guy can change Phil, it could change uh, uh, Jane, it could change um, Keisha. I mean, it could change everybody. And so that that is something that we as Christians have to engage in every single time we engage with people. Yeah, I love that. Help me. Uh, I have a I have a four year old daughter, uh, as you know, and and I think part of the conversation that I've been trying to have as a dad um, and as a leader within our community, um, as a neighbor to friends around me, you uh, have kids, obviously. Um, I, I love the idea of the of the tribal essence of us raising our kids together, right? It takes a village to raise our kids. And so uh, from both a Christian voice, I want to help. And as a parent voice, I want to help break some of the generational cycles that we have seen in our culture. Um, how, how do I, how do we begin to uh, lean into this idea of embracing diversity. Um, you know, two weeks ago, uh, Dr. Leslie uh, spoke with our community about how kids aren't uh, taught racism, right? It's not something that inherently comes in and they're taught love and, they, you know, or they, they're embracing love as from a child and they're taught these things over time. Yeah. Um, how do we help teach uh, diversity in our, in our kids and our communities so we can help break some of these generational cycles that we've seen that have that we're not paying the price for as a culture and a community right now yeah i think it's a really great question and i i i think a couple of guidances it's really important um when um there was this test case in in 1954 give me one minute <coughs> excuse me there was this test case in 1954 called brown versus boy education where they put a white dog baby in front of these and a black doll baby in front of these um, black children, and they asked the question, "Hey, which doll baby is smarter? Which doll baby is prettier? Which doll baby is more beautiful?" And that was the black, the white doll baby. They said the white doll baby was smarter, the white doll baby was better. With the white doll baby was more beautiful, the white doll baby was good. They asked the same question uh, amongst black. The, the black doll baby say, "Which one's dumber?" It was the black doll baby. Which one was uglier? The black doll baby. Which one? was um, 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 bad, you know, and it was worse. It was the black doll baby. And these were black children. These were children that were not raised by KKK members. These children, um, you know, they had a white supremacist mindset, mm. even though they didn't have black skin. And you don't have to have, a, like, you don't have to think that white, people you don't have to have black skin to think that white people are better you could just be shaped in the stories and the cultures of like america like you learn about the history of america and the history of europe and everything that's great has been taught by like you learn about the stories of europeans and this credit to white people you don't hear about the stories and contributions of african americans maybe you get a little bit of from um uh, like black history month but you don't hear about um the contributions of Hispanic brothers, sisters, and Chinese and Asian uh, and Korean brothers and Japanese brothers and sisters, uh, uh, Middle Eastern brothers and sisters. And so we oftentimes end up hearing stories that are stereotypes and the normativity tends up being the white brothers and sisters. And they tend to be the ones that have the better stories. Even when you hear about bad stories, you hear about like, uh, that's juxtaposed with positive stories about white people. But then when you hear people of color, these tend to be stories of stereotypes. 
And so one of the things that I would say is that we have to, our kids, we have to expand our stories. We got to help to like, like not just be like diversity is great and let's celebrate it or like let's quote, quote, just be woke and know a lot of information. We actually really need to understand all of our people who have made contributions and, and who people are and what are their stories in ways that's like really significant. And I think your four-year-old kid, like she needs to see um, black, brown, and yellow um, uh, um, doll babies. She needs to play, play with them. She needs to know about their story. Uh, she needs to actually have friends that are in this space. And, um, and, and that's the case with, with all of us, because we end up being adults that grow up. We end up being these little kids that grow up. And to be honest, like a lot of us, unless we've had some kind of conversion moment or there was some moment where we got a chance to learn stuff, there's so many biases that we've learned as a little child that we grow up as an adult. And this isn't all of us. You don't have to have white skin in order to have this. This is, this is the way we've been significantly fractured and broken in America. Hmm. That's really good. All right. So last question for you. Uh, I could do this all day. We, I think you and I could have a conversation like this and, uh, and I love it, right? Information is powerful. Um, and, and I know that it can help impact our culture, but, um, you know, this is our last week of this love over fear series. And so I'm gonna let you bring it home with this last question, but help me and our community and any, again, anyone watching or listening to this, how are we able to take some practical steps and really start to, walk this out as believers, as leaders uh, following Jesus? How do I, uh, you know, give me some practical things about my neighbors. And I know we're in the midst of COVID right now, and it makes some of this a little bit hard. You're the creative mind, not me. So I'm going to let you get <laughs> into this. Help me figure out how I can not just be someone who's listening and gaining information, which is a great awareness first step, but I want to be, and I want to be activated. I want to move and, and start to get practically involved in this what are some things that I can do, David? Well, I, I definitely think that, I mean, some of it's just like, hey, um, read, learn um, about things like, and, and like learn history, you know, not just like opinion pieces on kind of the, the thing, but how do we get to this moment, you know, and uh, learn some different perspectives. I think also just think about, take an inventory of your community, like your workplace, your church, where you live, where you work, where you worship, um, where you play, and see what kind of intentional choices can I make? You know, how can I add, you know, I know we're in the midst of a pandemic, but how can I add a little bit of something or somebody to uh, uh, like, like a different rhythm and engage it with some different people? What are some hobbies that I have? Like, what are some natural spaces and see, hey, can, how can I relate? How can I... Um, began to have new rituals and uh, rhythms and, and cultural liturgies of engaging with somebody that's different than me, not only across like racial ethnic lines, but across economic lines and, and, and create like opportunities for mutuality. A big problem is that so much of these conversations are in abstract because people aren't in actual relationships um, and mutuality with somebody of a different. So I would say, Hey, try to don't, don't try to go change the world. Don't try to like do something big. Just try to, figure out, hey, how can I engage on some long-term relationship with somebody? I love it. Well, David, hey, man, it was great hanging out with you for a little bit uh, today. I appreciate your time and your perspective, again, uh, locally, um, you know, in our state, but also nationally. Uh, we want to send you out well, man. Thanks for representing uh, our uh, General Assembly and Virginia Baptist well, but also just being 
a part of the same team, man. Love what you're doing yeah. and, and want to continue to support you. So, uh, yeah. Appreciate thank you. it. Well, I just want to encourage if anybody wants to connect with a ministry, you know, that's doing this work in and out inside a new cycle, just encourage you to go on airbond.com, A-R-R-A-B-O-N.com. Uh, we have a newsletter that we give out every uh, month. And what we do is we provide um, like a helpful thought and some helpful resources um, each month. So it's not like a newsletter that's just like, hey, here's some cool stuff that we're doing. But it's actually like, um, you know, here's some great resources that you need to think about these things. And yeah, and just partner with um, the work um, because, you know, when, when the news cycle cools down, we're going to be still doing this work. So we love to, um, as many parts as we can, it be great. I love that. I'm good to that. All right, dude. Thanks for hanging out, man. Appreciate it. All right, Thanks, man, brother. Peace.